Good morning, friends. Nice to see everybody this morning starting a new Parsha. <clears throat> Great, wonderful story of Bilam and his failed attempt to curse the Jewish people. The greatest prophecies and blessings of the Jewish people, ironically, will come from this Parsha. So let's dive right in. Numbers chapter 22, verse 2. Bayar Balak ben Tzipor, Balak the son of Tzipor, saw. What did he see? Rashi will tell us. The verse itself tells us, Everything that the Jewish people, Israel, had done to the Amorites. So in order to understand the context of what's happening here, you have to have read the last portion of Chukat, the seventh reading of Chukat, where it talks about how the Jewish people conquered the lands of Sichon and Og. This was a very big deal. Sichon and Og are on the, what is current day, uh, the, the Jordan, or what you call Jordan, on that side of the Jordan, the east side of the Jordan. And this is a major deal, as we will see in Rashi, and causes fear to fall into the hearts of the people of Moab, particularly Balak, their leader. So let's look at Rashi. Vayar Balak ben Tzipor, what did he see? Omar, he said, these two kings, meaning Sichon and Og. We were relying on them. They were our security. They could not withstand the Jewish people. So we, who are not as strong as Sichon and Og, certainly we will be vanquished by them. Therefore, as the next verse says, Moab became very afraid. As we learned, we learned in Rashi in yesterday's reading at the end of Chukat that the people of Canaan, which is on the west side of the Jordan, they relied, they actually paid, they paid taxes to Sichon to protect them on the other side of, of the river from attack. And so now that Sichon was the one who was, who was the protector, and apparently he was also protecting Moab which was to the south of the area that Sichon uh, was in, had conquered himself. So now that the, the protector is gone, that is what Balak sees and decides he's got to do something about these people. Now, the Jewish people were not threatening Moab. They, we, did, we didn't have it explicitly in the Parsha last week. We had it about, they talk about going to Edom, and Edom says, no, you can't go in. So they go around Edom, but they also go around Moab. They have no reason to attack Moab. But there's a fear. Moab has this fear that they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be vanquished, just like Sichon and Og. As the Rebbe explains, the, before this, the people on the, on the east side of the river, they said, you know, the Jewish people, they're planning to go to Canaan on the west side, and we don't have anything to worry about. But now that they saw that they had conquered the lands of Sichon and Og, in other words, they thought that God's blessing, God's miraculous blessing that they'll be able to conquer the land of Canaan applied strictly to the land of Canaan. But now that they see that they're conquering lands on the other side of the river, which is not part of Canaan, they conquered the land of Sichon and Og, now they are afraid Moab, which is to the south, southeast, they are afraid. Verse 3, Vayagar Moyav, Moyav is afraid, Mipnei Ha'am. Because of this nation, Ma'oid, very afraid, Kiravhu, because they were numerous. Others translate Kiravhu not as numerous, but that they were formidable. 
Rav could mean a lot. It could also mean strong. And so they were disgusted. Disgusted with what? Says Rashi, not disgusted with the Jewish people, but disgusted with their own lives because of the Jewish people. Their fear turned into a disgust with their own lives. They're just trembling in fear and their lives become like not worth living. Verse 4, Vayoyimer Moyov, Moyov says, Elzikne Midian. So Moyov reaches out to the elders of Midian, and Rashi says this is curious. And the reason it's curious is because Moab and Midian traditionally are at odds with each other. Furthermore, why are they reaching out to the elders of Midian to begin with? And why the elders of Midian? Rashi will explain all of this. Ata now, Yilachachu hakol So Moab says to the elders of Midian, now this congregation, this Jewish people, they're going to eat up. The Yilachachu literally means to lick. They're going to eat up everything around us. Just like the ox licks, literally, or eats up the greens of the field. As Rashi will explain, everything that the ox touches is, is done because it rips out the greens from, it uproots the roots from the, from the ground. And so this is what's happening with the Jewish people. Wherever they go, they're destroying, they, they vanquish Sichon, they vanquish Og. And Balak, the son of Tzipor, was the king of Moab at that time. Rashi is going to focus on these words, Ba'esahi, at that time. What does that imply? Let's look at the first Rashi. Zikne Midian, the elders of Midian, says Rashi. Question. They always hated each other. As it says in Genesis, that Midian... Midian attacked Moab. Rather, what happened is that because of their fear of the Jewish people, they made peace between each other. They had a common enemy, so they now bind together. Now, why does Moab see fit to go and ask advice from Midian? Why do they need from Midian? The answer is, they see that the Jewish people are, are, are succeeding. They're triumphing in a manner that is not normal it's not the manner of the world it's not natural it's an unnatural type of victory Umru, they said who's the leader of these jewish people moses where did he grow up he grew up in midian remember he ran he ran away from egypt egypt he went to midian that's where he met his wife etc so he grows up in midian let's go and ask the elders of midian so what is his character who is this moses what's his where does his strength come from so midian says to them I'll tell you the secret his strength his only strength is in his mouth in the power of his words meaning his power of prayer amru so they said people of said we are also going to come against them with a man whose power is in his mouth, his strength is in his words, and that is Bilam, who they're going to hire to curse the Jewish people. Now, why does the verse say, that Balak was the king of Moab at that time? At that time is a qualifier. As Rashi tells us, he was not really fit for kingship. This reminds me of Ahasuerus, of course. Midian haya. He was one of the princes of Midian. And when Sichon died, right? This is in last week's Parsha, conquered by the Jewish people. They appointed him over them on a temporary basis. So Moab appoints this Balak 
temporarily in order to battle the Jewish people. Because Sichon has, has died. But Yishlach Malachim, so he they send messengers, he sends messengers, Balak sends messengers, who now goes back to the singular by Yishlach. He sends angel, I'm sorry, messengers to Bilam, the son of Be'or, Pisora. Rashi gives two interpretations. One, to the place called Pisor, or to the money changer. We'll see what, what that means. Asher al-Anohar, Bilam is called the money changer, just as everybody comes to the money changer to change them with their money. So to everybody was coming to Bilam with their letters asking him for advice. So where was Bilam? Bilam was on the river Eretz B'neamoy Likreloi, which is by the river of the land of his people. Whose people? The people of Balak to call for him. So here's this is where we see that Balak is actually from Midian to call for him saying, Behold, a, um, a, 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 a nation is coming out of, it came out of Egypt and they have covered the eye of the land and are stationed opposite me. Rashi is going to give us a more midrashic interpretation of this last phrase. First of all, the fact that they're covering the land, the eye of the land, doesn't just mean that they're numerous and they're covering the land, but rather they've covered the eye of the land. Who is the eye of the land? The eye of the land is Sichon. Sichon is the one who is like the, the watchtower. He's this tall, um, you know, looking out to see where are the enemies, and he's protecting, as we mentioned before. And now the Jewish people have gotten rid of him. The second thing, who shave me muli, he is sitting opposite me. Rashi points out the word mul here, which means opposite, is missing above. Usually would say mem vav lamed. This just says mem lamed and is related to the word to cut. As we know from the word brit mila. So mal, the root mem lamed or malal particularly means to cut. So who you shave me muli, Rashi explains, that means that these people are, are sitting opposite me, but mimuli, they're here to, to destroy me, to cut me off. Rashi on the words, Eretz b'nei Amoy, that when he sent to Bilam that Balak was from the place of Bilam. So that what that tells us is, in other words, Rashi's, the commentary say, Rashi's wondering, why is it important where Bilam was? Why is that important to the story? So it gives us a little more detail because it hints to the fact that when Balak was a kid and growing up, Bilam would say about Balak, you are going to be a king. So he had prophetic vision and Balak, knew this from, from his own experience, that Bilam was a prophet. Likroiloi, to call him, says Rashi, that this calling was going to be for his benefit, for the benefit of Bilam, that he's going to pay him a lot of money. So we're learning a little bit about Bilam, namely that money talks for him. He's a bit greedy. So um, as Rashi says, what he's explaining, Balak's explaining, why am I afraid of them? because they have covered the eye of the land, says Rashi. This refers not just to Sichon, as I said, but Sichon and Og, who were protecting them. Now they're gone. Verse 6, and now he says, please, do me a favor. Curse, uh, go and curse this people. Now, Lachon no, go now and curse this people, because they are too strong for me. Perhaps if you curse them, I'll be able to smite them. Nake boy. Rashi gives two interpretations. A simple interpretation is to hit, like the Maka, a plague, or Makois, the ten plagues. Let me, let me hit them. Or as Rashi says, Nake comes from the word 
to diminish or deduct. Let me diminish them somewhat. Even if I can't destroy them, let me at least diminish them. I will chase them out of the land and get them away from me. As we'll see later in Rashi, Balak just wants to get rid of them from the, to get them away from him. We'll see that Bilam hates the Jewish people even more. He doesn't say Vagashenu min haaretz to, to chase them from the land. He just says, I will get rid of them entirely. He wants to really destroy the Jewish people. Because I know you, Bilam, or whoever you bless is blessed. Whoever you curse is cursed. Verse 7, So now the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian, so that was the message that Balak is sending to Bilam. Now he sends this delegation as the elders of Moab, the elders of Midian, uksamim biadam. There were magic charms in their hands. Rashi gives two interpretations. His first interpretation is all different types of magical instruments so that Bilam wouldn't have an excuse to say, oh, I need my magical instruments in order to do this. Oh, we have it all for you. Can you do it? And then Rashi gives another interpretation. Very interesting. It says that the zikne midyan, that the where it says that there were magical charms in their hands, it comes right after Zikne Midian, the elders of Midian. So the elders of Midian particularly had this magical charm, an omen. And what was their omen? Their omen was, if Bilam is going to tell us, um, yes, I'll do it, come with me, we're going we're gonna to do this, then there's something to, to, this, um, to Bilam in this, in this situation. He's going to be able to help us. But, they said, if Bilam is going to push us off and say, yeah, well, I don't know, wait till tomorrow, I'll see, then they know to jump ship. This is not going to work. There's no reason to stick around. And that's why, in fact, you see, says Rashi, that when Bilam responds to them, stay overnight and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you what God says in the morning. As soon as he says that, we find that they're not mentioned anymore. And it only talks about the elders of Moab. Only the elders of Moab stuck around to see what's going to happen because the elders of Midian jumped ship and they said, this is not working, we're out of here. So they go with their magical charms and with their omens, they come to Bilam and they speak to him the words of Balak. Verse 8, he says to them, stay over the night. I'm going to respond to you what God will tell me. So the the elder, so the the, the uh, sorry, the the Moabite nobles. Interesting, it changed from elders to to nobles. Stayed with Bilam, and as we said, the elders of Midian did not. They left. Now, why is it at night? Says Rashi, the spirit of holiness, God's spirit, would only rest in them at night, and the, and we find this also with Lavan with Laban. That this also happened, that he only visited Lavan at night. Why? Because when God appears to Moshe, to the other prophets that he loves, he doesn't appear necessarily by night because there's affection there. There's, you know, it's like some things that you do, you want to go and, and, and post it on, on Facebook. This is an exciting event. But some things you need to do, it's not exactly something that you're going to post. When God speaks to Lavan or Bilam, who are wicked people, and he just has to speak to them, it's more transactional it's it's so it's clandestine and and he appears to them at night verse 9 and god appears comes to bilam and he says to him who are these people with you now god here rashi tells us was giving 
Bilam free choice, right? As the Maharal, I'm going to give it to you as the Maharal explains. The Maharal explains that what does God mean when he says, who are these people? Does God not know who these people are? So as Maharal explains, this is similar to when God comes to Adam and says, hey, Adam, where are you? After, he, after he's eaten from the fruit. Does God not know where Adam is? Of course he knows where he is, but as a way of opening up a conversation, hey, how you doing? Let's talk. And that's how Bilam should interpret God's overture. But God gives him also the chance to make a mistake to do what we call confirmation bias. Since he's so desperate to curse the Jewish people, he's going to look for any type of straw to hang on to and say, oh, maybe there is a chance. So God is giving him a chance to make a mistake. And what's the mistake he's going to make? It says Rashi, God came to give, make room for him to make a mistake. Omar, Bilam, how did Bilam interpret this? He says, sometimes God doesn't know everything. He's asking me, who are these people? So some things, sometimes God doesn't know what's happening. He doesn't know everything all the time. He's not omniscient all the time. Afani, so to I, Bilam, I'm going to see, I'll find a good time when God is not watching and I'll be able to curse the Jewish people. And God will not understand. He won't realize what's happening. Verse 10. So God, Bilam says to Elohim. And interesting, it's going back between Hashem. Balak ben Tzipor. Balak the son of Tzipor. Melech Moab. The king of Moab. Shalach Eli sent to me. And as Rashi tells us, even though, Bilam is saying, even though I am, he says to God, even though I am not important in your eyes. I am important in the eyes of kings. And this is why he's telling God, the king of Moab is sending, sending messages. He's name dropping. Verse 11. So we see Bilam has a little bit of a, of a, a complex here. Rightly so, that God is not, is not considering him very important. Verse 11. Behold, this people have left Egypt and they've covered the eye of the land. Now go and curse them for me. Now Rashi will point out that the word for curse in Bilam's recount of the story is different than the original word, which is ara, lecha arali. This is lecha kavali. And as Rashi will tell us, Bilam hates the Jewish people more than Balak. And so he uses a stronger expression of a curse that's more specific. Ulai uchali lachemboy, perhaps I'll be able to wage war with him, ashtiv, and I will chase him out. As Rashi will tell us, this again is more than Balak, not just chase him away from the land, but rather chase him out of the world to destroy him. Verse 12, and Elohim says to Bilam, Lo do not go with them. Lo do not curse the people. Because they are blessed. Um, Rashi, Rashi says, well, there are three things that, that God is telling uh, Bilam over here. First of all, Lo do not go with them. Second of all, lo do not curse the people. And number three, for they are blessed. What are these three things? So first of all, he says, don't go with them. Well, if you're not going with them, then why do you have to say, don't curse them? Obviously, he's not going to curse them. No, he says, Bilaam responds to God. Bilaam is negotiating. He doesn't want to accept what God is saying. As soon as God says, don't go with them, he should have said, okay, it's done. No, he says, okay, I won't go with them, but maybe I can curse the Jewish people from here. God responds, no, 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 even from here, don't curse them. So Bilam still doesn't give up. And he says, well, let me bless them. Like to save face, let me do something. Like, can I bless them? God says, no, they are already blessed. And as Rashi says, they do not need your blessing. It's 
there's a, a people say to a to a um, to a bee to a wasp. They say neither your honey nor your sting. And as the commentaries explain, what they, what Rashi is adding with this with this saying, neither your honey nor your sting, that the blessing of the wicked is like you know getting honey from from uh, from the bee. You could be you can you can get a sting along the way. And so the blessing of I think this is Maral. The blessing of a of a wicked person like Bilam is going to contain some curse in it, right? You can you can bless somebody with you know, great wealth, for example, and that could end up be, being a curse. Or you can um, um, you can think about other other examples where something that seems like a blessing could actually be a curse in certain situations. So Bilam, even if he would bless the people, he would have an intention of a curse. So therefore, God says, we don't want your curse. Now, ironically, Bilam is going to bless the Jewish people. So what's going on here? The answer is, as Morale explains, when Bilam will curse the Jew, will bless the Jewish people because God is telling him what to say. He's putting God's blessings into Bilam's mouth. That's a different story than if Bilam is going to bless the people from his own mouth, so to speak. So that concludes our Parsha for today. Many, many lessons therein. And... Um, We'll open it up to questions and or comments. Another question is, um, looks like the mediums, they were like going to fight Israel. Yeah? And what, what happened, you know, with Ethro? He was supposed to be coming back, you know, he was the leader of Midian, you know, and he couldn't make a deal with Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe Rabbeinu was stricken a lot, you know, over there, you know. Um, I'm, I'm so What's your life at the time? Maybe he was not alive already at the time. That's a good question. So, what happened with Midian with with Yisro, who was from Midian? So, you're, yeah, maybe he was no longer alive. That's a good uh, good point. Or you can just say, you know, he was no longer uh, very influential there in in Midian, right? Because he had adopted Judaism. Um, he was already in the time of Moshe. Was you know his his daughters were being harassed at the well. So certainly at this point, one would presume he didn't have a lot of power. That's a great question. Great point. Right. No, well, the, the other thing is that Midian was really not under attack over here. Yeah. And they're just coming along because they hate the Jewish people. It's, it's Moab that has a fear. And, you know, I guess you could say on a practical level, maybe that's why they keep, they stick around with Bilam, even though it doesn't look like it's going to work, but they're the ones who are afraid. Midian just came because they hated Jewish people. So as soon as they see it's not working, they, um, they bail. Did, um, so was it no intention to attack Moab? The Jewish people were going to just leave Moab alone, they, but they got scared because of conquering some pretty great leaders. Exactly. And I, I think this, uh, it's really a lesson right there, which is, you know, what kind of fears do we have that are completely unfounded and we're turning our, our lives upside down, especially in our heads, because of some fear that is just completely unfounded. Oh, that's neat. And is there, that's, and, and then to tie it to Hashem, 
So the closer you get with Hashem, the less fear you need to have because of your belief, belief and faith and protection from Hashem, and which is also part of the belief and faith. And you can go without the anxiety. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, thank you. And uh, um, that I love the... I love the, maybe you could say a little bit more, but the whole, even if I say a blessing, but it's not coming from the right place, the intention of the blessing is either lost or the actual intent is coming through the blessing. So you have to be careful of that. I'm just trying to think of a, how we live our lives like that. I don't know if you have any examples. Um, I'm trying to, I don't know. I'm trying to finish putting together that thought. I'm, right. What could we take out of that? I mean, I think on the most straightforward way, you have to be careful to be careful with somebody who's, who's giving you a blessing. And, you know, the person is not, does not have good intentions, right? If you, if you're dealing with a Bilam type situation, and if you want to take it, to the inner, our inner life, which is we all have the Bilam inside us, <laughs> who is, who is, uh, you know, the self saboteur. Sometimes the self saboteur looks like is giving us a blessing, like you know, do this, it's going to be a blessing, and blah blah blah, or it's going to be a good thing. And the Yitzhahara evil inclination can dress itself up in all kinds of of uh, costumes, as we have in a yom yom, you know, mm. can dress up like a very pious. Uh, pious Jew, you know, go and study Torah now when your wife needs your help <laughs> or, you know, go and, and do this when you should be studying Torah. <laughs> so gotcha. that's, these are blessings that are really contain a curse. And also be right in your heart with any blessing you're giving too. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. To, you know, search your heart there's any if there's any ill will towards another person as we and we have that you know this idea of don't put a stumbling block before before uh, the blind and as rashi there says you know giving people someone advice right Giving someone advice that's to your benefit you have to search your heart you know anytime you're giving advice or giving a blessing really let it be a really a blessing with no let it be unalloyed Mm. truly be the voice the blessing of god coming through you and keep your biases out of it and is that a sin true so you have to be careful of that make sure that you're true and the biases are not coming through because that is, is that a sin i wouldn't say it's you know giving the advice and knowing and, and just to your benefit you know that's a sin that's what the torah talks about but i'm mm. just extending that idea a little bit to this idea of blessing that, you know, to be aware of that, to really put yourself into a blessing when you're giving it to somebody. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I wouldn't say it's a sin. You're just not fully. Um, committed or exactly. You're not, you're not fully actualizing your potential to bless. Okay. Thank you, Rabbi. That's, that's very wonderful and happy father's day to you. Thank you, Sean. And thank you all for joining us this morning. And thanks for, teasing out the lessons for us. That's always very important and very helpful. I wish everyone a wonderful week. 
starting off this new week with this amazing story of how we are really blessed and nobody can nobody can curse us wow and remember that yeah thank you, thank you. Thank all right you. well have a Safe great travel. day thank you and